In today's world, we are increasingly dependent on technology. Our business and personal lives rely on it, but as you've probably noticed, it's unreliable. They promise it'll get better, but it usually gets worse. Our computers are slow, so we end up squinting at smartphones and tablets. We live in constant fear that something's going to happen to our personal data. So we're scared into paying for fake protection that proves useless when disaster strikes. Update attacks, fake Wi-Fi, cloud control, and other industry scandals are designed to keep the money flowing. The jokers we pay to fix our stuff have no clue what they're doing, so they do a virus scan and then wipe out our precious photos. Intelligent, successful people feel intimidated by the chaos and think it's somehow their fault. If they only knew what the industry was doing to them, they'd get torches and pitchforks. If only we had someone to explain it all in plain English so we can start protecting ourselves. Oh wait, we do! It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast with your host, Mark Anthony Arena. From the Wallace Memorial Microphone, this time we're not in my home office, we're actually in downtown Rochester. It's the Computer Exorcist Podcast. We're doing a joint episode today. My name is Mark Anthony Arena, I am your Computer Exorcist, and we are doing a joint episode with Tone from the Tone Deaf Podcast. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on board, Mark Anthony. Yeah, thanks for being here with me. It's, it's quite a reunion. Um, Tone was one of my high school teachers. And what uh, today we're going to be talking about AI, and it's it's a it's a wild juxtaposition because he is the guy who taught me how to have heart. And as I was reading all these articles about AI, it just struck me that these computers, by definition, don't have that. And if we incorporate this AI, and in, 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 we all even before AI, right? Even before mm-hmm. this year, kids already had no heart, and they were already being raised by the television. So imagine what what a generation is going to look like being raised by AI chatbots, right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, back before uh, the internet and computers came along, and you're talking about television. Um, a lot of critics were measuring the time people were watching TV and seeing that damage was being done, and they're doing the same thing now uh, with social media. And um, we'll get to it maybe later, but uh, another issue is how uh, young teenage girls uh, are unfortunately spending too much time on social media, nine hours plus. And, uh, it's it, and it's Yes, and it's creating... Per day. Per day. And, and it's... And it's creating uh, some real problems and unfortunately, uh, in some cases, leading to suicide. Um, and, um, but at any rate, it, it, it's the same old story with technology. Yes. And, and, and where are the parents? These people, I say people aren't raised anymore. Well, there's a lot of dynamics going on right now in the home. Uh, for one thing, uh, a lot of single parents have to raise their kids uh, uh-huh. on, on other issues. Uh, other parents uh, require both parents to work in order to provide the kind of lifestyle uh, that you know they both enjoy. You know they they live in a high end uh, suburb and uh, it commands a lot of money to live there. So a lot of times both parents want that. 
Uh, and so, so what good is it? Exactly. What good is what it? What good is it? If, if your kids turn out right, to... Right, right, right. But, you know, once again, uh, sacrificing for the kids for material goods, which is what, which, which is what America's about, you and, know? And, and maybe they think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what we talk about is they think they're helping, right? They exactly. They think they're giving their kid a good life by exactly. slathering money all over them, right? Right, right. Money is, right? The, is the great band-aid. It fixes all. Right. I mean, and it's it, great for, you know, yeah. but it's... Well, we live in a capitalist society, so that's, and I'm not trying to, uh, you know, knock down capitalism, but it does need to be corralled. And, and you know what? You know what? You just brought up a huge point in my mind. I'm thinking right now, like, it's all about discernment, right? Yes. You can have money as long as you have good judgment. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, exactly. And anything. And that's what I talk about with it. You can yep. have good technology. There's plenty of tech that I enjoy, but... A lot of these folks have no judgment. No. Okay. No. And it's it's unfortunate. Actually, what I would like to do just real quickly is just start from the beginning. And when, you, tell, when uh, you talk about, um, you know, humans and their need for technology, you go all the way back to uh, tool making time for humans and how tool making separated us, you know, supposedly from uh, the rest uh, of, of, uh, of nature. And... Um, so basically what happens is uh, because of our opposable thumbs, we are able to, to make the, uh, the tools. Um, but what be happens is that uh, we, we have a problem in terms of once we create these tools, uh, cultural issues begin to happen. And um, unfortunately, we call that cultural lag, where culture does not catch up to the technology and it brings on all kinds of problems in society because Technology has run away. It's gone, uh, gone amok. And you know what? I forgot. You taught me that term mm -hmm. a million years ago, mm -hmm. and I forgot the term cultural lag because I, on this show, if you listen to my 10 years of, of doing <laughs> radio and, and podcasting, I always say yeah. technology is a runaway train. Right. Made by people with no self-control. Right. With no judgment, as right. we said, right? And, and this... So... I went to a tech school, right, where these people are all extremely specialized people mm -hmm. with very little, um, like my dad used to say, Mark, you have to be well-rounded, right? Mm -hmm. They have very little of that. I remember mm -hmm. the finals, the quarter at RIT, that this professor walks in, you know, shoulders slumped, and he goes, all right, all right, guys, sit down. Someone told me I had to teach you guys how to be well-rounded. And he gave us a slideshow of a bunch of naked statues and said, all right, get out of here. Oh, my God. So it was a, a very feeble attempt at making yeah. these kids well-rounded. Anyway, what I'm saying is these were hyper-specialized individuals who are extremely trained in the technology. Um, and they're doing all this advanced stuff. No ethics, no right. self-control, right? right? So they're doing this advanced stuff. AI, mm -hmm. space travel, mm -hmm. um, nanotechnology, mm -hmm. right? Um, what's, oh, of course, CRISPR, the DNA manipulation, okay? But then we got people who don't even know their passwords. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, before I showed up to your, to here, I was helping an, an elderly couple do their Netflix and their AOL password. And, and beyond that, if you go further than that, Half the world is starving. Yeah, exactly. So cultural lag yep. is that term right. that fits this. And, and you know what? It's it's also it helps us to deal with the problem. Technology can, uh, you know, survive uh, with culture, uh, and you just need to be aware. You need to be aware of the two, and then uh, problem solve. You know, and that's you know really where our success is as, as humans is 
not our ability to create technology, but to problem solve. And too, lo too, too many wow. times we get lost in, in, in the fact of technology and its problems. Latest and greatest. Right. And wanting more when right. you don't need more. Right. Well, you know, that doesn't mean you can't have more, but you need yeah. to solve the problems that you have at hand. To catch up with to, it. Exactly. Well, and well, then you, move on. You know what? Exactly. For the past 10 years, I was, I've been running my business, right? Doing in-home tech support for mm -hmm. people. That's what I've done. And, mm -hmm. and people say, Mark, here's how you get more clients. And here's mm -hmm. how you get more clients. And I would go around, oh, I need more clients. And I would talk mm -hmm. and give more clients. And I said, wait, I don't need more clients. I need to scale the business. Right. Right. I was just dumping more work onto myself because people told me, oh, if you're a business, you need to promote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I already had too much, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Oversaturated. Mm -hmm. uh, so quick intro on what I'll explain to you what I do and then I'll, I'll ask what you mm -hmm. what your show is about, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. my show is the Computer Exorcist podcast and it's about the technological uh, societal implications of technology, right? If this new mm -hmm. technology comes out and then I bark about why it's, it's not needed or how it's going to be abused or why people don't need it. Or, you know, a lot of what I talk about, too, is the absolute dearth of ethics in the tech industry. Okay, viruses have not happened since 2013. So anyone paying for protection is paying for fake recurring monthly fees they're being milked for fake feel-good security i always see that pop up on the computer too they're begging you for money yeah. it's all scareware yeah viruses have never happened since 2013 in their stead are four new threats that are out there that are either legal unstoppable or emotional wow. and, and you'll see this in my book it's called mm -hmm. how to protect yourself from your computer and so that's what I talk about. The new threats that are out there are so far advanced, and the IT industry has no clue. They're going around putting updates in mm -hmm. people's machines and virus scans, mm -hmm. which hasn't been relevant for 20 years. That's incredible. I, I, you know, like I said, it, 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 it's a brave new world. Mm -hmm. You know, the front, that old book uh, that we used to assign, uh, Dystopia. Right, you know and, I mean? and IT guys have have had, even if you're trained tomorrow, if you go get a job tomorrow and you're trained, it's 20-year-old knowledge, right? Wow. It's like if your doctor was trained in bloodletting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's kind of interesting, too. Like I, Well, my podcast is called ROC Tone Deaf, and we basically talk about um, the uh, art scene, the music scene in Rochester, New York. Uh, but we recently uh, got talking, you and I, and... Uh, because um, I'm a teacher, uh, I got kind of concerned about what's been going on with these, uh, what's known as chatbots. And I, I came to you, and I, hopefully this show, I'll have some questions for you, and other people will have the same questions, and we can get some answers moving forward. But I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do probably a two-parter episode oh, here. Okay. We'll talk about your stuff, and, mm -hmm. then, and then we'll do next episode, we'll talk about my articles, and it'll all turn out great. Well, I hope so. Uh, just to let the listeners know where I'm coming from, uh, I've read uh, several articles uh, from PBS, uh, and then also... Uh, there's an article I'll bring up and a podcast uh, from the New York Times. So that's where I'm coming from. Okay, just so you, people know, uh, that's there. These are the resources that I have. But first of all, um, AI or artificial intelligence in the classroom, and what's known as chatbots. Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So the idea is, you know, in the '50s, right? You remember the '50s sure. TV shows when mm -hmm. we thought it would be a robot, like a oh, yeah. aluminum yeah, yeah, yeah. skeleton, yeah. Yeah. right, that walked around. Mm -hmm. What's that? Lost in space mm -hmm. and all that. In reality, a lot of times, robots are—you can make them into whatever you want. 
you have robots that are shaped like giant arms in an automobile factory. And that's a robot, right? You can make a robot in any shape. In this case, a chatbot is just a program that's run on a normal PC. And it's trained to take information and spit out its own information, right? And, and one of the most basic examples, when I was in elementary school, we would do basic programming, right? It would, it would print out, hello, what is your name? And then it would, it would have a prompt, so you'd type in your name. It would take that and record it, what's called a string. So it would be like name string. Whoa. Or you could even have like, what's your first name? And it would record it as first name string. And then what's your last name? Last name string. And then it would spit out, oh, hello, thanks for, uh, you know, welcome, first name string, last name string. And then it would know to spit out the names, right? Wow. So you'd type your name and it would say, okay, welcome, Tony Trauma. Great. And, and that was the most basic example. The most basic example. But to the consumer, if you're looking at this, you don't know how it works, no, right? You, no, it's of magic. course not. It's yeah. like, wow, it, 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 I told yeah. it my name and it knows my name? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge point. Huge, yeah. huge thing. It's a program, right? It's, it's, it's a mechanism. It's, it's a machine. It's just gears. But to the user, it appears to be a person. Absolutely. I, and that's a huge thing. Is everyone, oh, we're going to have robots. They're going to have human rights. They're just robots. They may look and sound like they're us, but they're robots. Mm-hmm. They don't have souls and consciousness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, like Alexis, right? Is that correct? Uh, Alexa, Amazon Alexa, Ale- yeah. yeah. Alexa, excuse me, that, you know... You know, that's your buddy uh, giving you uh, your needs at the present moment. In reality, though, right? Here's again an example of the dearth of ethics in the industry. In reality, it's just recording you 24 hours a day. All of you. It's a Soviet's greatest dream. <laughs> so, in other words, it's just collecting data on you, that's your, all your, it your is. behavior. That's the point. Why is behavior so important in this whole scheme of things, by the way? Because to know the, our, is, it, is, is it linked to capitalism and our buying habits? They're or? worshiping the, what I call a false idol of data. Okay, look, if I'm an advertiser and, and you go to my website, sure, it's really nice to know your general demographic. You're between 50 and 60 years old and you're black and you, um, you use Crest toothpaste mm-hmm. And you live in Florida, mm-hmm. right? General mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is getting wild. Facebook knows all of your personal messages, even your private messages. They're using them against you. It's gone a little too far, right? Google knows every website you have ever gone to, and they record it in a log inside of your Gmail address. That's amazing. It's called the Google History Scandal, did, and it's one of the that. things that no computer guy in the world knows about. I'm one of the few guys in the world who knows this. Hmm. Mm, that's, so. a, that's amazing. And, it, well, the other thing is, like, these chatbots, uh, that's the technology. But then you have companies like Google now and Microsoft now competing to get their own off the ground, their own... And, and that's what's going on? That's a great point. And, and I say this in my book, is that my industry is just a pile of inbred monopolies. Hmm. So you had Microsoft, right? They were one of the first monopolies. And then all of a sudden, Apple had a monopoly originally on, on downloading music. And then they had a monopoly on phones. And then Google had a monopoly on search. eBay has a monopoly on buying things online, right? And it's because programmers are lazy. And I've heard plenty of times, I'd come up with an idea and some programmer would say, well, you 
need that? That already exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we need that? So what happens is the whole industry is a monopoly. You ever read the Dune novels? No, I haven't. Uh, fill, fill me in. So basically, in a nutshell, it's uh, there's a monopoly on travel. So all the spaceships are run by one group. There's a monopoly on government. It's it's all run by one guy. There's a monopoly on education. There's a you know so it's all right. So same thing was happening already in this industry, right? right. Each company's monopoly. So anyway, instead of companies competing and rising and falling based on that, what happens is new entrants only come when there's a new paradigm. Whoa. Okay, so Got just it. like in TVs. Like, like with chatbots. Right, with TVs, JVC oh. and RCA kind of fell off the map when we had flat screens, but then Vizio and Samsung took off, right? Yes. So I now we that. have a new paradigm. Yeah. So we have, okay, well, there's Search, that. and Google's got a great monopoly on Search, but guess what? Someone else is coming out with some whole other paradigm. In this case, ChatGPT is the whole new thing, right? So they're a brand new thing, and they're going to be a monopoly. It's the same thing with Netflix, right? They came out with it. They're a monopoly, right? So ChatGPT is a brand new monopoly, but people are scrambling desperately to partner with them or maybe buy them out. You know, and, and it comes back to cultural lag again. Like a, an example that I always like to use in the classroom was the automobile. Think about how when the automobile first came out and all the problems that they didn't see and anticipate started coming, but it took years took years and the automobile is still cursing us with problems now they put the computer in the automobile and it's self-drive and that's going to be a whole new cultural lag issue for us going down the road oh and and you'll when you hear my recent episodes about Mm -hmm. that all Mm -hmm. i talk about is right paradigm shift again over from gas to evs there we go okay some brands are falling out Mm -hmm. but then tesla's rising up and rivian right so it's same idea there But the arrogance of the computer industry is now spilling over into cars. So your car now pops up and criticizes you and shames you for driving a certain way. And your car requires update attacks, just like with your phones where, oh, you need an update. But then your phone is worse off and not any better. So all of this is now crushing the car industry. That's incredible. So it comes back to this thing of like controlling behavior once again. It's uh, again by it's knowing Soviet's our behavior. dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know that goes all the way back to the Cold War. By the way, the Soviets have been. You know that's been the way that they've seen to like destroy the United States, and that is to, they're willing to be patient and study our behavior and to notice what is going wrong with us, okay? And plant seeds. Exactly, plant seeds. Well, Whoa. I'm a little off topic here, but a, a quote that uh, a lot of the communist nations have had about, uh, and even the Taliban have had about us. As a matter of fact, I heard that the same quote from the Taliban was, uh, the Americans, they have the watches, but we have the time. Whoa. Meaning that you have the technology, but we're going to be patient. We're going to study your behavior. And one of the things they know about Americans is they, they're not patient with war. They don't like a war that drags out. Or and, anything. And, yeah. We're not patient with anything. Right, exactly. And you know, it's sad because I get it because those folks have self-control. Exactly. And especially in the tech industry, there's none of that. I just wish that we as humans all had self-control mm-hmm. and didn't mm-hmm. just use it against each other, right? I, I, I'd also like to wonder what's going on in China right now. And since, you know, the Chinese allowed technology to come into their society back in the 80s, you know, capitalism and stuff, if they're starting to have some of the same problems with their people where they've lost their self-control, 
they're too westernized, you know. That'd be interesting to study. But I'm, oh, I'm off oh, topic. This could be this yeah. could be ten episodes of, <laughs> of you know, and, and with TikTok right. and, and how they they have their own internal TikTok. You know about that that teaches kids science. No, no. So TikTok is divided. The inward-facing TikTok teaches the Chinese kids about science. The outward-facing TikTok is this mind-rotting garbage. That's designed to get you addicted. Oh, I, I and then so then and at, at the same time, then they can bring you into teaching you science. No, no. The point is, you taught me about dumping. Remember right. dumping yeah, yeah. in the '70s, yeah. where the Japanese TV industry right they dumped. set it up yes. so that that they they had an inward facing and an outward facing industry. I right? get it now. So the idea with TikTok is they're going to corrupt all the foreign kids and then teach their own kids science. Ah, and then they'll be more advanced. Right, and, and that honestly, I mean, I admire that. Yeah. in a way, sure. Um, it, it, but it, that's the it's concept. Be, it's better than bullets. Right, you right. Know? I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Wow. Well, now going back to education um, and the chatbots and uh, AI, if you will, in the classroom. Um, you know, just like I, I've always said, you know, we can have both. We just have to know how to do it. In terms of, we can have the technology, <clears throat> but we need to control ourselves with it. You know, instead and, of just replacing. Well, all the teachers are walking off, so we'll just plop a computer in front of kids and. And that's called recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen where uh, they solve problems in the classroom in terms of, uh, I remember uh, using the computer uh, to ask questions of the kids, but instead, the kids are right in the room. Mm -hmm. But instead of like uh, asking the kid the question, you allow them to answer the questions on the computer. And that's fine. That's just a multiple choice thing. That's very simple. Uh, you know? But 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 the what I was what it was explained to me in the uh, lessons that we got as teachers uh, about how to use the technique, it was this whole idea that there's a lot of kids in class that are afraid to raise their hand. Uh, you know, uh, are more willing to type it out and then... And you, that's great. Th- that's great. That's a great example but, of using technology for your benefit. But then... But then teachers I saw just bought into it totally. You know what I'm saying? There was no balance. There was no compromise in in terms of it. Yeah, as you're saying this, it dawned on me, wait a minute. We kind of need kids to have the social skills. I mean, if you remember when I was young. Look what the pandemic did. Right, right. Do you remember how shy I was when I was little? Oh, my God, yes. Your listeners wouldn't believe how shy you were. (laughs) Ah, That's great. Mm -hmm. You heard it here, folks. And this is normal for kids, you know, going through school. When I went to college, Mm -hmm. I joined a fraternity which gave me public speaking skills. There and I'm go. eternally grateful for that. There you go. So I'm glad that I go. was forced to do that. Mm-hmm. Where if I had a computer in the classroom and I type my answers, mm-hmm. now we got a generation of kids who have no social skills. No social skills, yeah. So that's what I was starting to see. I was starting to see the computer take away the uh, potential for social skills to be developed, you know? And, and it was all like all or nothing. That's That was mm-hmm. my big you know problem with computers. It wasn't that I didn't see their value. It was that it was all or nothing. I saw that school districts, especially mine, was putting all its money into the computers, and I thought, well, that's well and fine, but it can't be uh, the final solution, the only solution. But that's what happens Mm -hmm. with tech guys, 
is that everything is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. And it's all going to be awesome. And it's going to make yeah. everything all better again. Mm-hmm. It's a salve. It's a mm-hmm. panacea. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And tech guys also love deprecating anything old. Mm-hmm. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. It's old. It's mm-hmm. going to be deprecated. Mm-hmm. 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 And so uh, just going into the, the, uh, the chat box here, um, you know, uh, what it's able to do now is generate essays, term papers, haikus within seconds okay and uh so the student um you know really doesn't have to do much you know there's there's no uh you know uh, what's the word i want to use here um thinking it's not thinking. critical thinking there's right. no critical thinking going on here and so um that, that's been interesting and although you, as i said before you get people that will defend it and you'll get people that will uh, embrace, or excuse me, not like it. But for those that do embrace it, okay, this is how they argue it, okay? Uh, First of all, they say that this is the future. Look at calculators, slide rules, spell check. Uh, Yeah, look at them. It's made us all lazy people who can't spell anything. I'm just giving you the arguments. I know. But but, but I know, I know, I love it, I love it. Uh, And then um, they're saying that um, uh, uh, teachers uh, kind of use it uh, to pit the students against the computer. They see that as a value. That 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 okay. They challenge the students to outsmart uh, the chat bot. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's wait till we get to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then um, the other thing is uh, they say, well, this is all new. Uh, the the biggest concern, of course, is in high school where the kids will take the most advantage of it. Uh, their thinking is, though, if we get the younger kids in elementary schools involved in it, they'll see more of the value of it, and they won't be corrupted like the high school kids are. In other words, the high school kids, because they haven't been weaned on it, uh, that's the thinking, okay? Um, But um, some districts are blocking access to chatbots, but that's not going to help because, right, they can go home and use the chatbot at home, right? And I remember, I was telling you earlier, in high school, I remember I was in a Spanish class, and one of my classmates used something called Babelfish. And he just typed his essay in English, and he clicked a button, and it produced a very poorly translated essay. And he showed it to the teacher, and she didn't know any better. At the time, computers were just coming out, and we just got internet. And so she didn't know. I told her. I said, hey, you know, I, I looked at his his essay this guy and and it, it it came from babelfish and she goes oh wow thanks for telling me yeah and i was the i was the same dumbfounded teacher back then too when it was all coming out i i too was clueless and and kids were uh you know getting by me in terms of turning stuff in that you know really wasn't theirs you know that same thing was happening to me it was really sad so okay so they say okay the school district we can just block access if we really want to help to uh control it and all but then those that also think that it's a a really good uh deal is that they say that it's it it helps to make um lesson plans (coughs) excuse me very quickly for substitutes that may be coming in on short notice the next day, boom, push a button, lesson plan comes out. Not only that, these lesson plans are supposedly very creative and they're applicable to everyday life. Uh, And it makes it fun to learn things and it helps to stimulate the student's creativity and problem solving. So those are all uh, of the the things that teachers that are embracing it right now are uh, going for. Okay, but if that's the case, fine. But but 
folks, when I was in high school, okay, we, at the time we had very little funding. We had the rusty old carts with the TVs that you had to slap to get to work, <laughs> right. right? You know, but we did better than everyone, and we had the best test scores in the state, and all that it, because we had. Guess what? Real teachers who stimulated our minds. We didn't have computer-generated lesson plans, and even even the the, the teachers that rolled in that that rusted bolt of TVs uh, were criticized, you know, for using too much TV in the classroom. Really? And, and not, yeah, absolutely. When I, back then, when I was teaching, you know, with the TV at the main technological thing, uh, we were, you know, you know, it was skeptical about how much of it you should use in the classroom. And now, now when I think about what's going on with this, it's like out of control, you know. And the other final thing, uh, that chatbots will help to do is to navigate writer's block. That now we don't have to worry about kids having writer's block because the kid will definitely put in what he wants to write about and then the chatbot will get him started is the argument. Uh. That this will uh, release this writer's block that you have and, um, and, and it will help to you know, get you going in terms of that. Okay. Um, you know what? You know what stops writer's block? It's called turning off the distractions, turning off the phone, and sitting at Starbucks with a laptop that's not on the internet, and me being able to think about what I want to say, mm -hmm. and not have someone influence. You know what it is? It's all about influencing us. Okay? It's all about some cloud company influencing what we learn, and now what we're saying. You know... And it's funny too. Um, the the other thing that we didn't even throw in here is social media, and a lot of schools, um, not all of them, but a lot of schools still allow kids to have their cell phones in the classroom. And many times, uh, my head was spinning around in a circle, you know, catching kids sneaking the cell phone in in terms of uh, communicating with other people. You know what I mean? While they were supposed to pay attention to the lesson that was going on. So. That, and, and you know what? It's a detriment to me, mm -hmm. even if I'm just, right. it's a distraction. It is. You know, no one's grading me. I'm an adult, but it's a distraction. And then somebody down the road has convinced people, too, that they can multitask. And multitasking isn't something that's good for humans. They, they're they not really that good at it, oh, are I'm they? I'm the worst. They're, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, what was I going to say about that? Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's it's very counter to, it's very much against critical thinking and learning, it goes against that. So uh, just, you know, uh, just kind of moving on, uh, the chat box, okay, here it is in education. I, I couldn't help but spill over and start reading about how it also hurts democracy. Uh, chat bots do something called flooding the zone, okay? And uh, this is something where uh, they create what are known as fake comments or opinions and uh, they're distorting things using these bots, and that's what the uh, the Russians were doing in the 2016 election. Okay, they were flooding the zone. Okay, with a lot of distortions. Okay, now and and I've heard of people's businesses where I know a lot of small business owners, and they say, Mark, we've gotten a lot of um, a lot of bad reviews, and we don't know where they're from. They never walked in our doors. And apparently per companies, example. their competitors Competing, are doing that, right? Flooding the zone, so it's called. So again, it's, it's runaway technology. Mm -hmm. and, and I say this too, technology is, is amoral, right? It's all in what you do with it, right? A stick of dynamite 
you can use it to do something constructive. Exactly. Or you can Knife, use it to blow gun, people up. You know right. what I'm saying? You can right. be positive with it or you can be negative. It's how we right. use the tool. And, and, and if we are raised with no judgment and no. and no morals and no ethics and no common sense, what do you think's going to happen? Absolutely. We're going to be those monkeys... Right, right, and, and right. The, um, all the different the, the things you taught me—the Homo sapiens right. and the Neanderthals. Right. Except now we're going to have greater weapons. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And and just going back to like uh, democracy, you know, especially in democracy, politicians rely on what people want in their in their districts, okay, in their communities. So they not necessarily what's right, but right. they're just going after what the vote is going to get them. Absolutely. And so what you're seeing is less and less politicians doing the knocking on the door, and they're relying on the computer and the comments that are coming in, okay? And the robocalls. And, yes. And so what AI does is it mimics people, it, it, and, and it's especially helping lobbyists. Lobbyists will use these bots to generate fake tweets uh, that the uh, politicians are seeing. And so I guess, you know, just kind of summing up here, you know, getting into uh, another issue here is do we need guardrails or protection by government? Okay, and this brings me to a recent uh, thing that just happened uh, yesterday. There's a case in the Supreme Court known as Gonzalez versus Google, and it is dealing with the issue of Section 230. It is part of the Communication Decency Act of 1996. Now, this is during the Bill Clinton era when we had, uh, as you can recall, the greatest economic growth we've had in this country in a long, long time, uh, and that was due to dot-com. Dot-com bubble. Yep. And yeah. basically what happens is this Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act protects websites from lawsuits over material posted by its users. Uh, and the case is based on a 2015 ISIS attack in Paris where a young girl was killed, a young innocent girl was killed. And uh, the parents are contending that uh, these uh, ISIS uh, killers uh, were recruited uh, by YouTube, uh, 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 a lot. Um, oh, I always mess up. Uh, al algorithms. Okay. Yeah, the algorithms. Okay. So, and this when you t this blows my mind when you said this. So it's based on the user's viewing history, and it helps to recruit for ISIS. So, how many times have you sat there and you're watching a YouTube video, and suddenly it takes you down the rabbit hole? Right, and it shows you related things, related things, mm -hmm. suggested things, mm -hmm. suggested things based mm -hmm. on your preferences. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, someone watched one video. Uh, regarding this, regarding ISIS, let's say, and then all of a sudden, YouTube's algorithms started suggesting more ISIS content and more and more. Yeah, and more. For, for instance, I'll, I'll be watching a video on Bob Dylan, harmless enough, okay? Next thing I know, it's Bob Dylan here, Bob Dylan there. Then all of a sudden, it's, you know, an, another artist. And then, you know, if you keep going, somehow it leads you to something you had no intention of. Of watching, right. but Let's suddenly say you you're click watching a suggestion, it. and and you realize you don't want it, right? You're mm -hmm. watching it, you don't like it, but then from then on, it starts suggesting, really. yeah. And guess I, what? Because the algorithms have no ethics, morals, logic, and common sense, right? I always say that human yeah. beings have those things, right. and then on the other hand is the computer industry with none of that. Exactly. And you know what I've tried to do, and it's hard to do. I, I, you know, I, that comes up the YouTube. I try to stop it as fast as I can. So at first, you know, it was taking two or three videos for me to like control myself and say, okay, that's enough. 
okay? And my goal became just that video that I came on to watch. I'm going to watch it, and then when this next thing pops up, I'm going to resist the temptation to watch this next video. It was hard to do, but I'm finally there. I'm finally where I can just watch the one YouTube video that I bring up and then leave. And I try to do that as well. And they have something called a YouTube client where a third party creates a distraction-free environment for you to watch YouTube videos. Did not know that. But 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 it's crazy because, hey, y'all thought cigarettes were addictive. Oh my God, so, yes. So, yeah. Um, th- yeah, right, exactly. Um, well, just continuing on on the, on the court case, um, so uh, Section 230, uh, by the way, came before Google and Twitter were even in play, okay, which mm-hmm. makes it interesting. And the argument was, though, that um, uh, basically um, Google, or excuse me, um, the Internet would have gone under if this Section 230 had not been put in play. The Internet would have never have grown and thrived because it would have been crushed by uh, lawsuits, uh, in the courts, if if that indeed had happened. Now, right. I have a question for you. It, yeah, any law that comes up, right. guess what? It, yeah. it becomes, and I say this all the time, and, and oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I have a question. It, the article mentioned this thing of thumbnails and how thumbnails were used by YouTube to encourage access to info or videos not requested. Have you heard that term before, thumbnails? So, yeah, it just means when you're on a YouTube page, let's say you search for something, right? And the results show up, but they can't show, all the videos can't play all at the same time, right? So they show a thumbnail. And the author of that video can put whatever thumbnail they want. And I see this all the time where I'm looking for something, oh, but that thumbnail is a pretty girl. So of course I'm gonna click on it, and then I watch this 20 minute video, and there's no girl. What? Right. That's so right. it's like, oh, I wasted all my time. So <laughs> thumbnails, yeah, they lure you in, thinking you're gonna get watch something that you want, and then yeah, and it's a way for them to get clicks. It's all about the the clicks. They don't care about whether they're bringing value to someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Google, which owns YouTube. Is their lawyers before the Supreme Court are arguing for, of course, the greatest amount of, mu- of immunity, okay? In other words, that, you know, we get to be protected, okay? Because it could destroy the internet. That's what they're arguing in front of the judge. Now, the judges, now the courts want to put this issue to Congress. They don't want to deal with it, okay? They, they, that's what a lot of uh, people that uh, saw the arguments yesterday are contending that probably the courts are going to say this should be, and now the courts have been known. To this particular court has been known to punt a lot of its, um, you know, decision making back to Congress and say it's up to Congress to to do. Look at the latest abortion case, okay, uh, where abortion was uh, basically overturned. They said, well, that should be the states that so work with just it. Punting everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not going to say whether it's bad or good. They're just going to say that's the state's decision. Well, th- in this case, it's Congress's decision, okay, in order to regulate. Now. Uh, basically, though, uh, and they have to know this, Congress is divided in terms of regulation, the type of regulation that should go into play here. If you look at the Republicans, they want to regulate um, the bias that's going on against conservatives. They feel that conservative platform or conservative ideas are censored okay, by most of these social platforms. Okay, so that's where they want to go in terms of regulating. The Democrats, on the other hand, they want to regulate hate speech, conspiracy theories, and misinformation. Okay, so you see, mm-hmm. both want to regulate. And both have merit. Yes, but they're going off in different directions, and because they don't compromise anymore, they're just going to be 
you know, doing nothing, you know, and it's going to only frustrate what's going on. And the end result, as I say on my show all the time, is more complexity and more burden on you. It, yes, that's, that's this is exactly it. And get this. Um, so the news hour and NPR and the Marist poll came out and they said that 29% of adults want to see the government set the rules for the internet, whereas 67% of adults, and that's significant, say that social media should set its own rules. So in other words, Facebook and all that, they should set their own well, uh, regulatory rules. It depends on what you mean by social media. It could mean the populace, or it could mean the warlords and the inbred <laughs> yes. monopolies of Google and Apple, <laughs> right? right? Exactly. And, and they're brutal toward everyone. They shut you down mercilessly, and you have no recourse. Yep. So, so, so Google is, you know, taking this to heart, you know, okay, social media, and they all are, you know, we're going to do something about this. So Google is experimenting in Europe right now, and they're using something called pre-bunking. Have you ever heard of that before? No. Okay, so you know what it means to debunk? Okay, in other words... Put, put to rest any falsehood, right? Basically. I have seen this. So if you go on any YouTube video remotely related to COVID, they're going to put a banner that says, this video talks about COVID and that's a sensitive subject and we think you should look at this website to know what we think you should believe. And is this, that what's pre-bunking? Yes. It, 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 this, what it does is there are videos that aims to make people more resilient to corrosive effects of online misinformation or disinformation. Uh, there are short videos that highlight the techniques common to uh, dis disinformation. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok are using it. They're using ads, like you said, to counter misleading claims. The internet has heightened uh, uh, the speed of disinformation. That's why they're rushing this out to like stop what's going on, especially since the 2016 election. And we'll see that a lot of uh, uh, people are frustrated by journalists fact-checking that it's too slow and less trusted. So these pre-bunking videos are cheap and easy to produce and they are seen by millions of people on popular platforms and they're going to focus on these techniques used to make uh, viral um, disinformation and not the topics. Techniques like fear-mongering, scapegoating, false comparisons, uh, missing context and exaggerations. So what they basically do is they tell you uh, what are the characteristics of a video that is you know filled with misinformation. Right, a conspiracy video. Yeah, and but, believe me, I you know there's plenty of people who send me conspiracy videos all the time, and I can smell them a mile away. Right. And and when you're when you're ready to to finish the episode, I'll give you my. I know exactly what to say about this. Well, I mean, and, 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 and uh, as the uh, PBS article goes on to say, uh, that they tried it in Poland, the Czech Republic, uh, Republic, and Slovakia. And what was interesting, it worked more in Poland than it did in, in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Why? Um, well, um, they really didn't know why, although it got out to 38 million people. Uh, but they felt that the reason for it was because um, a cultural thing that uh, in the Czech Republic, oh no, Slovakia, uh, it was uh, basically um, dubbed. It wasn't in their language, okay? Uh, whereas it was in, yeah. you know, in Polish. It was, you know, so it became that makes a difference. Yeah, and so it made it more uh, effective that way. 
Um, and just to, just to sum up, uh, in, in terms of uh, that, I, just for your readers, um, there uh, was a experiment that went down called the, the chat box experiment. Oh, oh, and can we? Oh, sure, sure, wanna, sure. I'll just sure, sum up on sure, the. Sure, sure, please do. Um, the oh, yeah. idea with the pre-bunking, yeah, yeah. and then we'll do chatbots sure. in the next episode. Right. But the pre-bunking thing, it's a great, great place to stop here. Here's my opinion on that. <clears throat> it's the least efficient thing possible, if you think about it societally. Okay, and it's hard to explain. Let's think about this, right? Like I told you our driver's ed teacher in high school was so awesome that... I knock on wood, I've never been in an accident ever because he instilled in me in those six weeks, uh, whatever it was, he instilled in me everything I needed to know to make my judgments at every intersection and every highway. Okay. Awesome. And just like you instilled in me that sense of smell so that no matter what is put in front of me, I can smell with my own critical thinking and my own human rationality What's a scam? What's misinformation? What's misleading? What's trying to... But for someone to slap a post-it note on every gosh darn thing you watch on the internet... Hey, warning! Hey, warning! You probably should... Hey, warning! You're going to react negatively to that. It's, it's... The point is, you can raise people right and not worry uh, about yeah. what next week's video is going to be. Because you know you've already raised them right, as you have... To all your students. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Or, mm -hmm. right, right. Or you can slap a post it note, what do they call it? Jetpack parents, right? Or, or helicopter, helicopter parents. parents, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. don't eat that. Don't touch right, that. Don't right. eat that. Don't touch that. Right. 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 So that's your choice. And, and there's a guy, um, I think his name is Father Mike Schmitz, I want to say. He's, he's a podcaster, he's a priest, and oh. he said, he said, if we have less and less morality in the world, you're going to see a lot more violence and you're going to see a lot more rules and regulations and rules and regulations as reactions to this, right? So it depends. Do you raise someone right or do you slap post-it notes on everything they do? <laughs> exactly. And this kind of leads back to what you were saying too earlier, the, the whole idea that you know uh, technology cannot be this cold-hearted thing it has to it has to have some morals to it it has to have you know it has to have an, an acceptance of what culture is about too as well you know and what culture needs not what technology needs and unfortunately people worship technology yes. as a god mm -hmm. because they don't know any better mm -hmm. and they think well this is powerful therefore we should worship it mm -hmm. and on that note that was part one mm -hmm. of our episode. Uh, Mark Anthony Arena, the computer exorcist, here with Tone from the Tone Deaf Podcast. Thank you for having me. And thank you so being much. On the show. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you about guys that, soon. But, it, it, but, but it's definitely an interest. Oh, brilliant. We'll talk to you guys. Okay. Later.